Jesus is our firm foundation on which we stand. Uh, in a way of announcements before I, we get into our subject this morning, uh, our 100th year is coming up uh, here in November, and uh, the committee's requested that we might, um, if anybody has any uh, pictures or uh, things of that nature that they uh, would like to share, uh, please get in touch with one of the committee members that's been listening in the bulletin. We're trying to collect some of those things and, and trying to get prepared for that uh, and get ready for that. Uh, there's going to be quite a bit of preparation that's taking place, and so I uh, wanted to make mention of that, but you can also read more details about it in the bulletin. And uh, also uh, hear about the uh, third week of March, we'll have a spring revival uh, with Brother uh, Chris Klein to be coming to be the helper. And we want to encourage you uh, to invite somebody and uh, be praying for that service that will be starting here before too long. Also, our winter Bible study. Uh, I, I hope that uh, you all got to watch. Or, uh, but anyway, uh, Brother Moran, Brother Brad, done a good job. We had real good attendance. And we're looking forward to tomorrow night. Uh, where we'll have Brother Justin Ferris will be our first uh, speaker, and then Brother um, uh, Brother Miller will be our second speaker. And those services start at 7 o'clock, so we want to encourage you to come and be a part of those as well. Anything on your heart this morning before we change the order of the service? Anything? I don't know uh, how long I'll be this morning. Uh, I'm not too worried about that. I've, I've got just a, uh, I've got just a small thought, um, and uh, but uh, it didn't seem like it left me this week. So I want to try to to preach what uh, the Lord's laid upon our heart. I do want to encourage you today, um, for those of you that may be here and, and lost, and uh, or um, there may be some that's confused this morning. Um, I want to say that uh, you'll, uh, uh, this morning if you're here and lost, you're never going to be any more lost than you already are. Uh, if you're lost and separated from God, uh, you need to be saved. And today is a good day to be saved. And uh, we don't know about tomorrow, but we know that we have today. And I would encourage you today that if you feel the conviction of God working in your heart. I, I don't know your heart this morning. Uh, there's not a person here that knows your heart. I feel like uh, my spirit bears witness with your spirit and, and uh, for those of you that's been saved, and I've got confidence in what you tell me. But the only person this morning that I can say with assurance that's been born again is me because I know what's happened in my heart. I've got confidence in what you tell me. Uh, but I know what God has done in my heart. And this morning I'm thankful that he saves and he's still saving this morning. Uh, but I don't know you. I don't know your heart. I don't know if you're here. I don't know if you're lost. I don't, I don't know. But you know. Uh, you know that. And so I would encourage you today that if you're here and lost to, to seek God. Uh, my thought uh, this morning uh, tends to uh, go around, I guess, the thought of, of, of falling and climbing. And uh, I was talking with Sister Regina last Sunday after service, 
and it seemed like the Lord kind of started to work this thought in my heart. And, and this week, uh, I told Jessica just on the way to church this morning, um, I pulled up to a job and, uh, down in Hartsville. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with Hartsville. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of hills in that country, uh, especially over into the, the western and, and southern part there of Macon County and on into Trousta County. A lot of hills, and, and we call them hollers over there. I don't know what y'all call them over here. Uh, I guess you call them the same thing. But uh, I pulled up to the job, and all I knew was I had to, to stake a job for a cell phone tower. And I pulled up, and as I looked up, it's probably one of the biggest mountains in Trails to County standing before me. And I began to dread it. And I want to talk a little bit more about that just here in a moment. I want to take our thought this morning from the 24th chapter of the book of Psalms. I want to take our thought this morning from the 24th book of Psalms. And I'm also going to be looking over in the Corinthian letter. And uh, we'll go from there. 24th chapter of Psalms. It says in the first verse, their earth is the Lord's, and the fullness of their, of, and the world, and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it unto the flood. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sword, sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from God of his salvation. And I want to stop there for a moment, uh, if we will, and my thought coming there from the third verse, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? And uh, this morning as I began to think about that and, and really to kind of build off that, I, I want to go over here into Corinthians. Uh, and I want to take one verse of Scripture from the 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians in the 12th verse. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. And as the Apostle Paul there is speaking uh, there in that 10th chapter, and we've took some text from there before, he talks about uh, that rock. Uh, uh, there in the wilderness that that rock was Jesus Christ and he talks about uh, basically he begins to talk a little bit about what brother Buddy talked about this morning that there's no difference between those of the children of Israel and the temptations and the things that they faced uh, that there was no difference between them and uh, those in the days of, of Corinthians and uh, those of the church of Corinth and but Paul makes a statement, and he says uh, to take heed, uh, lest you fall. And I began to think about those things and, and this week, and I, I pray that it might be a help to somebody. Uh, but a lot of times we put a lot of confidence in men, and the Bible tells us to put not our confidence in men, but put our trust in the Lord. Uh, because man ultimately will let you down. Now, there's a, a lot of good men in the world today. I've 
been able to know a lot of good men, and I, I, I'm thankful for uh, their character and the qualities that God has given them. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I put my confidence or try to put my trust in the Lord because man is uh, going to let you down even though they don't intend to. And, uh, but God will never let you down. He'll never fail you. He'll never let you down. And um, so I began to think about this and, and really began to think about uh, there's been uh, men uh, through the years uh, that have been preachers, uh, that have got out in the world and got distracted by the things of the world, and uh, sin has uh, set up in their life. And, and I want you to know today that the biggest problem that we face in this life is sin. Uh, that is the biggest issue it has been from the beginning of time, and it still is today. Uh, sin is still a problem. It's still, uh, uh, the Bible, Paul talks about uh, that sin that does so easily beset us. And uh, so today we, we look at a world today and we think about the perilous times that we live in. And yes, uh, the time that we live in is bad. And I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, this country that we live in. And, uh, but I want you to know I still believe that we live in the greatest country in the world. I still believe we live in a country where I, as a man of God, still have the liberty and the freedom to come into the house of God and to worship Him as I feel free to do so. I don't have to come here in the fear of my life that I'm going to be persecuted for that. Yes, uh, uh, there may be people that uh, uh, talk about us and all kinds of different things, but uh, listen, there's uh, people in parts of the country uh, that can't say they're a Christian uh, because if they do, uh, their life may very well be taken from them. Uh, so, folks, I tell you, I still believe we live in a good country. Yes, there's things that uh, need to change, and there has been a direction of change that uh, uh, ultimately we may not be a country that fears God like we need to. Uh, but, folks, I still believe we live in a, a good country uh, that we've got the freedom and the liberty to worship God. Now, I believe that's worth defending. And there's been a lot of men and women who have paid the ultimate price that we have the freedom and the liberty that we do today. Uh, and I thank God for them. But um, he said to take heed lest ye fall. And uh, there's been people down through the years that uh, through conversation you hear, well, did uh, this person's done this, or, or uh, you hear through communication that uh, this has happened to this person, and you begin to think, well, how can they fall? Uh, how can they get so tripped up in the world that they fall? Well, I told you that's been happening from the beginning. And we find there that uh, God made man. The Bible says that he made him in his own image, that he breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. And he placed him in the garden that he might dress it and keep it. He gave him a job to do, the Bible says. And uh, he found there that man was uh, uh, still in need. And, and the Bible says that he gave him a helpmate. And he created woman. And he put uh, uh, Adam there in a, a sleep, if you will. And he took a rib from his side. And he created woman, the Bible says, to be a helpmate. But he had instructed Adam and give him one law. He said, this one commandment I give you. Now he said, of every tree in this garden, he said, you can eat of it freely. 
He said, everything in this garden, you're, you're at liberty to have. But he said, of this one tree, he said, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, you shall not eat of it. For when you do, he said, you shall surely die. And we know that that's what the Bible teaches this morning, that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And this morning, uh, my friend, there is a penalty to be paid for sin. Uh, we need to recognize that. And, and my friend, there is a, there's going to be a penalty one day uh, down the road. I'll lay this life down. This body will return to the dust of the earth. Uh, my friend, that's the penalty for sin. But my friend, that God has made a way through His Son, Jesus Christ, for those that come to Him through faith and repentance, believing on Him with a whole heart, looking and trusting into Him with everything, my friend, willing to give the world up just to know that they've been born again, my friend, and bought and purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. My friend, when this life comes to an end, we'll have an eternal home with God. Now, we've been having this problem with sin. It's affected us since the moment that we began. Listen, ever since the moment that we was conceived, that's what David said. He, he said, for he was born in iniquity. He said, from his mother's womb, he comes speaking lies. My friend, from the moment that we were born, we come into this world sinning, and it's been a problem. It's something that I have packed around with me since the moment that I was born. Uh, there's, uh, I, I've oftentimes thought about Adam, and I'll get into my subject just here in a minute. Y'all bear with me. But I thought about Adam, and I thought to myself, boy, I wonder if I could have kept that one law. I thought, well, surely God has given me all the abundance that I could have eaten in that garden. Surely I wouldn't have eaten of that fruit. And you know what that is? That's the very act of pride. So therefore, I've already sinned and just having that thought within my mind, well, I wouldn't have been like Adam would have been, but I'm just like Adam, you see. I'm of his nature. I'm just like him. But thanks be unto God, the second Adam was different. He's the only begotten Son of God, and he did never sin. Never. He was perfect. He was without a spot or a blemish. He's the hope that we have. He's the one that we look for. Now, Paul said for us to take heed, lest we fall. Now, if you'll go on down a little bit further in that, that uh, following verse, you'll find there that... Uh, that God would make a way that we're able to escape temptation. Uh, then he'll not place more on us than we're able to bear. And he, he does. God will make a way that we're able to escape. But I told you this morning, he says here, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And I began to think about that, and I began to think about this week there as I was looking at that hill I was telling you about there in Trousdale County, and I was talking with Sister Regina last Sunday, and, and she me and her was discussing some things. And I told her, I said, you know, Sister Regina, I said, I don't know if I've ever really reached the peak of the mountain. And she said, well, Brother Casey, I know I've been on top of the mountain one time in my life. And she says, that's when God saved my soul. And I thought, well, Lord, I, 
I've been on the top of the mountain at least once in my life. I know for sure. I know I reached the top at least once. And that's what he says here following this chapter. He says, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Well, listen, this is what he says. He that hath clean hands and, and has a pure heart, and who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. So, my friend, what takes it to get to the top of the mountain this morning is being saved by the grace of God. It takes being born again and having experience with God to reach the top of the mountain. Now, let me ask you this. Have you stayed on top of the mountain? Oh, I haven't. I haven't. I looked up there. I told Jessica this week on the way to church this morning. I said, I looked up there at that mountain. And I'm going to tell you, it's a mountain. I thought, how in the world are they ever going to build a cell phone tower? And I looked at it. And you want to know something? Before I ever even got out of the truck, I already started to drift. I thought, man. I mean, uh, whenever I was standing up on the top of that thing, finally got up there, I was low oxygen. People, I'm telling you, it was way up there. But the hill to climb towards God is a big mountain. It's bigger than me and you all. But my friend, this morning, I was telling Sister Regina, I said, have you ever thought about this, Sister? I said, uh, we like to go to the we like to go to the mountains and, and, and things of that nature. I think all of us do. But I said, have you ever noticed? And this is my opinion. But I said, have you ever noticed what the prettiest view of the mountain is? And she said, no. I said, to me, it comes from the valley. I said, when I'm standing in the valley and I'm looking up towards the mountain, to me, that's the prettiest view of that mountain is when I'm down in the valley. And my friend, this morning, I want you to know and understand, though you may find yourself in the valley this morning, I want you to keep your focus upon the mountain. I want you to keep your focus headed towards God. And my friend, that's what we have to do. It says here, uh, I was thinking, I had a few thoughts. It says, uh, it's not about how fast that we get there. It's not about how quickly that we can climb. But my friend, I want you to know that it's, it's about the journey. Years ago when I was in Boy Scouts and even now, uh, we used to do a lot of climbing and things of that nature. Now, I'm no rock climbing, but we used to do a lot of that kind of stuff. And uh, we'd all get to racing, you know. Even years ago when my pa, we used to raise tobacco. And my pa was an older man at the time. And all of us grandkids, we'd take our cutting knives and we'd start cutting tobacco. And I can remember all of us grandkids, you know, we'd be going through and cutting our plants. And granddaddy, he'd have that old long shirt on and he'd just be trucking right along, you know. And uh, come the evening time, of course, granddaddy, he's just grinning ear to ear because we's getting all, you know, we's just hurrying up getting work done. And at the end of the day, when we was all worn out and tired, you know who was still going? Granddaddy was. He was still cutting right along, and he outnumbered us in years by probably 35, 40 years. We can't get in a hurry when we're going up the mountain. Because if we get in a hurry, my friend, we'll get tired and weary from the journey. But my friend, we've got to be patient and wait upon the Lord and let Him direct us. Now, there's a lot of times that we think that uh, surely I won't fall or 
surely this sin won't come upon me. And I, I kind of began to think a little bit about uh, Solomon just a little bit. And I want to read just a little bit about Solomon this morning. And uh, y'all bear with me. Uh, my thoughts have been all over the place. Uh, but that'll be all right. Solomon uh, had asked God for wisdom and knowledge. and God had given him those things, granted them to him. And uh, there was a queen from Sheba that had come and wanted to see all the things there that Solomon had. And she made a description. She said the half of it's not even been told. And uh, he had a desire, his daddy had a desire that he might build a house for God. But the Lord told him that he wouldn't do it, but yet uh, he wouldn't be able to do that because of his past and because he was a man of, of the sword. And, uh, but he told him that his uh, lineage, his son, would be able to do those things. But he did tell David that his throne would be established forever. And uh, so Solomon's born, and, and he uh, takes over reign, and he... Uh, begins to talk to the Lord and get direction. And my friend, we must seek direction from God. But as they're dedicating this temple uh, that was built, and keep in mind the building of it was about seven years, and there was no sound of hammer that was made, uh, God was involved in every bit of it. And finally, you come to a place to where uh, uh, that uh, Solomon begins to pray. And uh, there's a lot in this this morning. I, I, I For time's sake... Uh, probably won't read it all, but I do want to look at a few things. He says here in 2 Chronicles, in the 6th chapter, he says, uh, starting at the 24th verse, he said, If thy people Israel be put to the worst before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall return and confess thy name, and pray, and make supplication before thee in this house, then hear thou from heaven, and forgive the sin of thy people, and bring them again into the land which thou gavest unto them and their fathers. And when the heaven is shut up, and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray towards this place, and confess thy name, and turn from their sin, when thou doest afflict them, then hear thou from heaven, and forgive the sin of thy servants, and the people the, and of thy people Israel, when thou hast taught them the good way, wherein they should walk and send rain upon thy land, which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. And uh, he says over here in this 32nd verse, he says, Moreover, concerning the stranger, which is not of thy people Israel, but is come from a far country of thy great namesake, and of uh, thy mighty hand, and hath stretched out thine arm, if they come and pray in this house, then hear thou from heaven, and even from the dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth unto thee for. And all the people of earth may know thy name, and fear thee, as doeth thy people Israel, and may know that this house which I have built is called by thy name. Now, here you'll find that uh, Solomon has a great prayer for the people of God, uh, that they, uh, if they had sinned, if, uh, he said, if the heavens be dried up and there is no rain, and if they come and confess their sin before you in this place, he said, will you not open up heaven and, and pour out the rain? And, and my friend, I want you to know this morning that, uh, uh, listen, not all of our sin as other people may be made public, 
Uh, there's people in the world today that their sins made public. And, but my friend, I'll tell you this morning, there's a great price to pay for sin in our life. There's a great price to pay this morning. And my friend, I want you to know that uh, those things don't go unnoticed by God. He knows our life. He knows everything about us. And this morning, lost person, I want you to know that mankind's been dealing with sin since the very beginning. And my friend, if you don't come before the Lord and call out to Him with a whole heart this morning in repentance, and I want you to think about what repentance is this morning. I want you to understand this morning that uh, some people make a definition that it's a change of mind. or uh, My friend, this morning, and, and there's no way that you can uh, repent for everything that you've done. But I want you to know this morning that it's realizing in the eyes of God that you're guilty. My friend, before a holy God, uh, my friend, you stand condemned before Him. And the only way, my friend, is to call out to Him, realizing that you're a sinner before a righteous and holy God. And my friend, call out to him this morning that he might save you and wash you in his blood. That's the only thing that will cleanse you in this life. And my friend, it's the washing, my friend, of the blood of Jesus. And he might cleanse you and make you a new creature. My friend, that the old man has gone away. And my friend, there's a new man that's been born in your heart. This morning, I thank God that that old man, he's gone away with. And there's a new man that's been washed in the blood of Jesus. My friend, when I stand before Jesus Christ, I'll have to give an account. And I won't be able to tell him about the good work and the good deeds that I've done I'll stand before him and the only thing that he's looking for is to see if I've been washed in his blood my friend this morning that's what he's looking for is to see if I've been washed in his blood uh, when you think about that this morning there's a great price to pay for sin I'm making a climb up a mountain this morning. Who shall be able to ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who? He whose hands are clean and is of a pure heart. My friend, I'm making a climb up a mountain this morning. And I've had many slips. I've had many trips. I've had many tumbles. I have slid plumb down to the bottom of the mountain. But my friend, with everything that's in me, I'm going to make it to the top one day after a while. I'm going to reach home. I want to go. I want to be there with him. I'm trying. I'm Listen, I'm climbing. I, if you've got to claw your way there, my friend, you get there. And if you fall, if you fall this morning, fall upon your knees. If you fall... And you're going to fall up many a times. There's people that say that uh, being a Christian or being a child of God is easy. And my friend, I don't know uh, what they've got that I don't. But my friend, it's hard sometimes. It's hard. But I'll tell you, I've got one. I've got a friend that will come to you and he'll help you. He'll come to you when it seems like the load's heavy and he'll help you. When I was lost and separated from God, he's the one that stepped in and helped me. And every time, my friend, that I have a challenge in this life, how many times? 
Has it seemed like you've been going up the mountain and it seems like you begin to slide down and you get weak and you get discouraged? And my friend, I thank God that he steps in and he helps us. Uh, listen, when it gets that away, listen to what Jesus said over here in this 11th chapter. He says, come unto me, all ye that are laboring and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden's light. How many times has it felt like you've been going up the mountain and you slip and you trip and you fall because of this sin nature that we're in? And my friend, the Savior of the world, he comes up behind you and he reaches down and he grabs you by the hand. I couldn't even walk without him, my friend, in this life that we're in. But he comes and he grabs you by the hand and he says, let's go. A few more feet more. You're almost home, Brother Ronnie. Let's go. I'm going to see you through it. How many times in this life do you feel like you've gotten down and the Savior of the world has come behind you and he's picked you up and took you a little further? He knows that we're going to fall. He knows that. But my friend, when you fall, don't let that be your ending place. Don't let that be the end. You know, Braxton, it took forever for that boy to learn how to ride a bicycle. I didn't think I was ever going to get him to learn how to ride a bicycle. He told me, he said, Daddy, I'm ready to take my training wheels off. And I'd start him up on a hill, and I'd push him down off of that hill. You know, he, at first he'd say, Daddy, don't let go. Don't let go, Daddy. And I'd say, Son, I, when you tell me to let go, I'll let go. Finally, one day I was pushing him down that hill, and he said, Daddy, I'm ready. Let go. I'm ready to go. And I let go, and he rode that bicycle. And, of course, the Daddy's heart just swelled, you know. But before then, he would tie, he would crash and crash, and he'd want to, I'll never learn, Daddy. I'll never learn how to ride this bicycle. I'll never learn. And you know what finally happened one day? He got on that bicycle, and he rode that bicycle. We're going to crash. We're going to fall. My friend, that's our nature. But listen to me this morning. There's one that cares for you. He cares for your soul. He cares about your life. He cares about every detail of your life. He wants you to walk this journey with Him. Listen. Lost friend, you can't even begin to understand the kind of friendship that you have with the Lord Jesus this morning. When we say that He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and he cares so much about your soul that he was willing to come and pay a debt that you could not pay. He paid a debt that, my friend, that, uh, listen, if I'd got what I deserved, I'd spend an eternity burning in hell. But he said, I'll pay that debt, Father. 
I'll take their sin upon me and I'll pay a price that they cannot pay. And my friend, he went to prepare a place. You remember what he's told his disciples there in that 14th chapter of John? He said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, for in my Father's house are many mansions. And he said, if it were not so, I would have told you. But my friend, he's gone to prepare a place. And if we believe in God, believe in the power of Jesus Christ, that he's able to help you through every aspect of your life. He cares for you, and he cares about the journey that you're on. And when it seems like the load gets heavy, listen, the load that you bear when you're lost and separated from God, and he fixes that heart on the inside, and you think, boy, you're just standing on top of the mountain, and it feels so good. And You know what? It don't take very long before you start sliding back down the mountain. Then when you fall upon your knees. And you say, God, it's me again. I failed you again, Lord. And then he comes out behind you. And he picks you up. And he says, let's go a little further. Home's just in view. Pilgrim, don't keep your eye focused on what's going over here or what's going over here. You keep your eye focused on the destination, on the place I'm going to prepare for you. And my friend, as God's people, that's what we have to do. You know what happened to Solomon? Solomon prayed such a great prayer. The Bible says, you go on a little further, and the Lord answered his prayer. The Lord answered Solomon's prayer. He said it this way. He said, It said, Thus Solomon had finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart to make his house of the Lord. And in his own house he prosperly effected. And the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. He said, If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among the people, he said, if my people, which are called by thy name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto their prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen uh, and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And my friend, that word ill is such a big word. If you'll look in the scripture, every time that Jesus used the word if, he applied it in the sense of man. If you'll do this, if you'll do that. And listen to what God said. He said, if my people, who are called by my name, 
shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Boy, there's a whole lot to do in that, isn't there? So what happens when we start slipping down the mountain? Humble ourselves. Pray. Sister Becky talked about that this morning. Praying from the heart. I've heard a lot of good prayers through the years. But you know what the prayer God's looking for when we pray? It's right here from the heart. When I was a nine-year-old little boy and I realized that I was lost and separated from God, do you think I know how to pray? Well, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know of any magic words. All I knowed was there was a hurt in my heart. There was trouble, and I wanted it to go away. So I began to talk to the Lord. I didn't know uh, uh, anything. Listen, I don't even remember what I said. But I'll tell you this. He answered my prayer. And you know what? Every time that I go to him now, if I want my prayer to get through, I've got to go to him just the same way as I went that night as a nine-year-old little boy. Right here. Right here. Calling out to him with a whole heart. Solomon went on it. Those strange wives he married. I believe his Bible says that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. He had 1,000 women. He said he followed after their gods. You go on a little bit further there in Kings and read about Solomon, and for time's sake, I don't feel the need to read that, but I'll say this. He said the Lord was angered with Solomon because he did not fully go after him. My friend, I'm going to tell you this morning, I believe part of our problem as God's people, and I'm talking to us all this morning, is we're half in. We're half in. We want the full benefits of what God can give us, but we're not fully willing to be all in for God. All in, Lord. Whatever come, whatever may, I'm all in for you. Isn't that what you surrendered when you asked him to save your soul? God, whatever it takes, whatever, Lord, I just need to be saved. You surrendered. You give everything over to God. And you know what? To be a child of God, we've still got to surrender. Your whole life. We've got to be all in for God. All in. Let us take heed this morning, lest we fall. We all fall. Every single one of us fall. But my friend, when we fall, let us fall on our knees. Let us get back up and start moving on. Realize that the Lord Jesus cares about us. Lost sinner, he cares about you. He desires that you might be saved. I don't know your heart this morning. You might be trying to make a climb up a mountain to a God you've never met before. I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't never going to make it. Without the help of Jesus Christ, none of us are going to make it. But my friend, with his help, we're going to make it. It's only by him that I'm going to ascend the mountain of the Lord.
clean hands and a pure heart. If you're hearing lost, won't you come seek God? He wants you to be saved. He's going to prepare a place for you. But my friend, if you die in your sins, without ever knowing Jesus Christ, you'll open your eyes in an eternal torment where you'll burn forever and forever and forever. Come seek God this morning while you have the opportunity. I don't know about tomorrow. My journey on this earth may be over tomorrow. I failed two years ago, had probably the worst fall I've ever had in my life. But as I was laying there, I had a peace over me. Jessica was worried to death, concerned also. Her being a young mother, that maybe that might be the end for me. After I woke up out of surgery, she tapped me right here on the chest and said, God's not done with you yet. And he's not, but if tomorrow is my last day. And the Lord says it's time for you to come home. My friend, I'll reach the top of the mountain. And I'll be there forevermore. Come seek God while it may be found. Brother Mike, if you'll get us a song together.